Hello, this is Pastor Philip Hoppe from Peace Lutheran Church in Finlayson, Minnesota and St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Bruno. We're happy to provide you with this digital media. Such media is intended for those who are not able to be in church and for those who might have missed a week, or for those who wish to hear something a second time or are just using it for further edification. However, it is not meant to be a substitute for gathering to God with his people around Jesus each Sunday. Enjoy this media and we'll see you in church on Sunday. The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is actually the psalmody that is assigned for Reformation Sunday, Psalm 46, which I will read to you now. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, and though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes it can be rather odd when you think about what it is that you end up missing in life. I mean, you might think that you would only end up missing things that were unquestionably good. But that's not always the case. For instance, while some of you, especially as we start to near another winter in Minnesota, might think that what I should miss about Oklahoma or Kansas where I grew up is the warmer climate there. Well, I've got to tell you, that's not what I miss at all about Kansas and Oklahoma in terms of weather. In fact, what I miss the most from there are the huge spring and summer storms that I experienced growing up in those states. I used to joke with my kids that we didn't need alarm clocks because the tornado alarms just went off about every morning to wake us up. And while that might have been a bit of an exaggeration, it is true that storms there were common and they were fascinating to think about and to watch as well. But that doesn't change the fact that they were also very dangerous. No doubt those storms hammered structures and they hammered cars with their hail. They set the, fire, the fields on fire with the lightning blasts. And they tore buildings and trees apart with tornadic winds. As a child, I can remember scampering down the cold concrete stairs to the basement of my childhood home in Oklahoma. Each time we heard that tornado siren go off. I remember gripping my flashlight and heading downstairs. But even more, I remember getting there and waiting for my mom to join us there in the basement after she had made sure the whole family was there. For it was her comforting words 
It provided as much security as all that concrete around us ever could. There in the basement, with my mother's reassuring word, I found refuge from those storms. The psalmist, as we just heard, says that God is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our very present help in times of trouble. And when we read these words of the psalm, we can sometimes forget that indeed each of these psalms was written in a response to a specific situation in life. Now many times we don't know what that situation was that brought forward a particular psalm, but sometimes we do know, and other times scholars at least think they have figured it out. And that is the case with the psalm that we read. In Psalm 46, the author certainly seems to speak about a time when God's people were threatened, threatened by a military force coming their way. And so many scholars and commentators have suggested that the setting for this psalm was the time when Jehoshaphat was king of Judah. When Jehoshaphat was king of Judah, we are told that there was a horde of troops. In fact, several nations or tribes worth that was coming to Jerusalem to destroy them. And so what did the king do? Did he simply get ready to fight? No, instead he gathered everybody into the temple. All Judah gathered there with him to pray. And there God spoke. He spoke through one of his prophets, and this is what he said. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord. Yes, there in the temple in Jerusalem, God's reassuring words surrounding the people of God gave them the comfort to find refuge, even though those hordes of soldiers were flocking their way. We're told in the scriptures that after gathering there in the temple and singing some hymns to God, they went to bed. And when they rose up in the morning to go out and meet the enemy, what they found was that all the soldiers of the enemy were all dead. They had been routed by an ambush in the wilderness. The different nations had turned on one another and killed each other. The only thing left for the Israelites to do was to go and pick up all the bounty that these soldiers had left behind. Literally, the Israelites in that very dangerous situation never had to fight in that battle. But they did see the Lord's salvation. It was just as the Lord had promised, everything was, in fact, all right. Yes, storms, literal storms, can be frightening in life. We all know that, regardless of where we live. And being attacked in a situation of war, well, that is surely terrifying as well. And those of you that have been in that situation could surely testify to that truth. 
But Martin Luther would have told you that there was something much scarier than storms or even war. He said he knew of something that shook him to his very core. And what was that? Well, it was his conscience. His conscience that constantly accused him with his sin and threatened to send him to eternal hell for it. Well, in Luther's mind, storms could pass. Wars, they would end. But the thought of eternal damnation was just that, eternal. Luther was frightened by this each day. And we know that the church of Luther's day used similar fear to go and constantly get people to do all sorts of things. Fear was used to keep people connected to the church. Fear was used to extort large sums of money from people to buy their salvation. And it caused many, Luther included, to join the monastery as monks. The church of Luther's day, in contrast to what that prophet in the days of Jehoshaphat had said, basically said this. You will fight the battle with sin. You will fight it with all your might, and then you might make it and see the salvation of the Lord. Yes, the people were told to fight this battle with their works, with their money, and with their very lives. And if they fought well, they might just experience victory. But this message haunted Luther's conscience. For he knew one thing. He did not fight very well. He sinned often. And so he believed that despite all of his efforts at being good, he was still covered in sin. And he became quite convinced that he would never experience the victory. He would never see the Lord's salvation. Rather, he would die eternally for his sins. For he knew that good works, as he wrote, could not divert his doom. They would not help or save him ever. But then, blessedly, Luther was given a time of respite to be able to study the scriptures and while if you read stories of Luther, most people will talk about how Luther came to understand the comfort of the gospel by reading the book of Romans, which we read part of today. We know that his study of the book of Psalms was also central. Luther taught on the Psalms more than he did any other book. And Psalm 46 that we read was Luther's favorite. It is said that Luther, many times during the Reformation, would get very discouraged and depressed. But when he did, he would turn to his friend or his co-worker, who was named Philip Melanchthon, and say, Come, Philip, let us sing the 46th Psalm. And then at that point, they would sing Luther's own version of the 46th Psalm, that strong hymn we know as, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Yes, he would sing that hymn. When he felt surrounded by the enemy, the devil, he sang it because he had learned through that psalm and through the rest of scripture that the battle indeed was not his to win, but that instead Jesus had won the battle. 
Yes, he understood that if the Lord did not bring victory, well, then he would be doomed. But that the Lord had brought victory, and therefore he was saved. He understood that the cross and the empty tomb were all about God ambushing Satan, taking away his power. It was all about God taking care of the sin that oppressed his conscience. It was all about God's victory that he gave out freely and graciously to all without any goodness in him. That's why he wrote these words. Before us fights the valiant one whom God himself elected. Ask ye, who is this? Jesus Christ it is of Sabaoth, Lord, and there is no other God He holds the field forever. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill, they shall not overpower us. The world's prince may still scowl, fierce as he will. He can harm us none, he's judged, the deed is done. One little word can fell him. As Luther sang those words, because he understood that God was his refuge and his strength. He understood that anything else would be just a refuge, would just be an illusion, not really providing any protection. So as we sit here now, hundreds and hundreds of years after Luther was around, we must ask ourselves, where does our soul rest? Where does it find its refuge? What do you do when your conscience accuses you over your sins? Where do you go to find help? Some people, of course, simply try to ignore the conscience. They try to keep themselves so busy and distracted that their conscience will never get a chance to speak a word. And to be honest, this works for a while until something forces a time of meditation And all of a sudden, the conscience crashes in with all of its weight. During the power outage, or during that fight between spouses, or when an unexpected loss of a loved one occurs, all of a sudden, that cycle of busyness and distraction is cast away. And it reveals the paper house in which people have been living in, which they have been trying to find refuge in. Others, 500 years later, still try the way of good works in order to fight the attack of the conscience. They try to get over the accusations that the conscience is making about sin by reminding themselves of the good things that they have done, the otherwise exemplary life they have led. And this, too, seems like a decent refuge for a while until an honest assessment comes. For when one truly considers their life on the whole, that house of straw is blown away by the recognition that despite all of our efforts, we are not perfect, no, not even close. And finally, still others try to hide in the refuge of comparison. They tell themselves that they're not all that bad, especially when you look at what the others are doing. And of course, that refuge stands until one finally remembers that the comparison we are to make is not to others, but to God himself. And when we do that, the walls fall down. This is the message of the whole of scriptures. There is but one refuge, 
It's the message of the Reformation. It is the message we find in God's word in Psalm 46. Only Jesus is our refuge and strength. There is no other. So do you need refuge from your sins? Well, then hide under Jesus' cross. For that cross will weather any storm. It will defeat any enemy. It will quiet your loud conscience and its accusations. It alone can make sure that everything in the end will not just be all right, but will be perfectly blissful. Just like that basement that I went to in my childhood home was not really a refuge until my mom got there, the same is true for our lives. There is no refuge in our lives until Jesus is there, for only he can forgive and comfort and save. So let us flee to our mighty fortress, Jesus. Amen.